Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Right, the panel this morning uh, consists of uh, Lavina Good and Aidan McLaughlin. Uh, Aidan, uh, we'll speak to you uh, first if we can. Just uh, the wash-up, I guess, from the test match and what you think the cricket test this is going forward. Uh, from New Zealand's point of view, it was a thriller. There's no doubt about that. Do you think we learnt anything about the New Zealand team going forward? Uh, well, good morning, Juice. Nothing. Good morning, Lavina. Um, did we learn anything? Well, it was. It, it's hard to say we learnt too much, really, because this is largely a tried and tested group of players, isn't it? And um, <clears throat> we saw again that they are. They will fight, um, and they will. You know, they will give it everything they have. Now, in recent times, what they've had and what they've given hasn't been enough, and results have tailed off, but. When the door was open to them, they were there and they managed to take advantage uh, during the, the second test there. And to be only the fourth team, I think, in the history of test cricket to win having been asked to follow on, um, I think it just really shows just that they still have the ability there when they put it all together. So um, I know they're unchanged for the Sri Lankan test series. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. I think that we've seen from this group of selectors um, that they are conservative in their approach. And to be fair, if you are going to uh, have an unchanged side, it would be when you've had a victory. So no surprise that they haven't made any changes. But now what they need to do is they need to beat Sri Lanka and they need to beat them quite convincingly, I think. Lavina Good is with us this morning. And Lavina, what a good old uh, Bay of Plenty boy, Neil Wagner, eh, coming through at the end. <laughs> it's always the Bay boy. I'm glad you got that line in before me, Smitty. Um, do you know what? I know what we've learnt from it. All those dorks out there that have been giving me so much crap over the last decade or so for being addicted <laughs> to test cricket have all come out of the woodwork, mate, haven't they? They've all opened their curtains and like, oh, it was a thriller. And I'm like, you just need to watch a little bit more test cricket to appreciate just how magnificent that result was. And for those people that just can't appreciate test cricket because they love their baseball or 2020, whatever you want to call it, I think they really need to take their hat off to the sport in general, Smitty, because it was so entertaining, not just for us, but for the Poms watching across and overseas as well. And I've taken so much out of it and I've been on a high ever since. And my only regret was that I wasn't there to watch it, buddy. I wasn't there to watch it. Mm, that would have been nice, I suppose, to be live. But uh, we got the ne- we got the next best thing, which is uh, really cool, Lavina. Yeah, I think it's a terrific, a terrific moment in New Zealand cricket history, um, and one to be cherished for uh, a long, long time. Right, uh, let's uh, Lavina stay with you. Uh, Super Rugby this weekend. Um, it's becoming a bit of a tradition now. A, a whole complete round in Melbourne. An important game tonight. Crusaders and Highlanders, two losers from last weekend. 
Yeah, the Crusaders need to step it up, don't they? They're, they're cool as cucumbers. They're acting like that defeat against the Chiefs, which was, what, like 32 to 10 or something, was was nothing that they need to be worried about. But when they look a little deeper as to what went wrong, when I watched the match, I could not believe how many tackles they missed, and I stopped counting them on my hands. And I looked at the stats later and saw that they'd missed 49 tackles and they conceded four tries. So that is a massive area of concern for the mighty Crusaders. And I guess... What Robinson's hoping that they can do is is maybe um, atonement and, and rectify those issues. You can't teach teams to tackle better. <laughs> That's something that you can't do. You can't teach teams to not miss tackles, but you can help with the attitude of defence. And I thought the attitude from the Crusaders in that defensive effort against the Chiefs was very poor. They were tackling um, individually. There was no structure in their defence whatsoever. And unless they improve that area of the game. It could be quite a long season for the Crusaders, which they aren't used to at all. So they'll want to get back in that winner's circle um, and they probably would like to concede that they were outclassed by a far better side and it was the defensive efforts from so many of their great players that let themselves down and each other down. And that can sometimes be... uh, reminiscent of a a club whose culture isn't in the right place at the right time. So maybe they'll fight back against the Highlanders. And if that's the case, I'm sure that they'll be bragging and speaking again to everyone. But at the moment, their heads are down and they're remaining very, very quiet indeed, Smitty. Mm, They are. Okay. Um, Aidan McLaughlin, um, what are are your thoughts on what you expect to see out of tonight? A bounce back maybe? Or any other matches over the weekend? uh, um, That you're looking forward looking forward to out of Melbourne. Yeah, I do expect them to bounce back, and um, part of the reason is that the, the Highlanders were woeful last week. You know, at home to the Blues, conceding sixty points, so they've got a long, they've got a big, big amount of ground to make up as well. Um, so I think the Crusaders will have knuckled down this week. I think they'll be back on track. But the Highlanders, when you concede sixty points in your first game, then you've got a lot of questions, and I just I just think that. Um, it's going to be a big ask for them to go over um, for the super round on neutral territory and 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 make up that sort of uh, that sort of difference within a week. Um, other games, probably probably the Fijian Drua against the Waratahs and uh, Moana Pacifica against the Chiefs are the two games I've, I've kind of looked at beyond the Crusaders and Highlanders. Um, I just think we're potentially in for some really really entertaining rugby in those two games. They're both tomorrow. Um, and I, th- I think, you know, I think the Chiefs will probably get up against Moana Pacifica. But the Drua and the Waratahs, I think that's a, a real 50-50. It wouldn't surprise me at all if the, if the Drua get up. Um, and then on Sunday, yeah, I want to see how the Blues can keep going against the Brumbies. You know, they, they've had a strong start scoring those 60 points. Um, but for them, it's just going to be a se- season where they just need to be consistent uh, and try and get into that final two again. And hopefully for them, um, they can they can go one step further. Tonight, uh, tonight, Lavina, um, I'm going to tease you here. You thought I was going to say the Warriors, but I'm not. I'm going to say, first of all, I'm going to tease you and hold you out till after the news break, Lavina. Good. Keep your powder dry. Um, it's, it's the Breakers against the Sydney Kings. The Breakers and the Sydney Kings, they have, this, this is going to be special. 
This is the one I'm looking forward to, buddy, before the Warriors play their first Friday night game in like two and a half decades because, you know, finally Australia has recognised the fact that the Warriors sacrificed so much to go overseas. So let's give them a Friday night. But I, I followed the Breakers uh, all year. I have a couple of uh, teenage sons that are addicted to basketball and not just because of Stephen Adams, but because the organisation is ran so well here in Tauranga and the representative um, team seem to nurture and develop young players. And even if you're not going to end up with an NBA or even in the NBL, then you've still got an opportunity to appreciate the sport. I loved watching the Breakers when they missed out on four games in a row mid-season. And rather than say, we'll be fine, we'll be fine, they came out, put their hands up. They were humati, very humble, and said, what's working for us? isn't working now and we need to change some things. I love their coach and how animated he is. He gesticulates all the time with his hands and his feelings and he does everything that you want from a coach when the cameras are on him. And I think it's fabulous that the Australian media are not only identifying the fact that the Breakers deserve to have that spot in the final, but they could easily, easily go all the way and down the king. So it's very exciting times and I'm, I'm looking forward to the clash. I'll get the popcorn out, my mate, have a couple of hazy IPAs before the NRL kicks off. It's a big Friday night in my household. It's a massive Friday night. <laughs> massive. Don't disturb mum. Do not disturb mum. Uh, here's, um, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, Aidan, uh, Motomayo is unashamedly a huge all-black fan. Um, and on TT3 last night, uh, and Carl has reminded me of this, um, he got to, um, to meet... Um, the man he admires most, the Kiwi he admires the most, Wayne Buck Shelford. So he's got, um, he knows how to how, how to to get around New Zealand sports fans, Modi Mayor. He does. He's been very impressive um, this season, as he was uh, when he was the assistant coach for a couple of years there. Um, and I think he is someone that you can, as a spectator, as a fan, you can really see the passion come through. You can see the love he has for the Breakers. Um, and you can just see the, 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 the self-belief that he gives to his squad of players. Um, he's a very infectious character. Um, uh, you know, it's, always, it's just a real shame we didn't have him as head coach for the last couple of seasons. But, hey, good things come to those who wait. And we've got him now. And, um, yeah, I, I just love everything about him, really. Right, Aidan McLaughlin and uh, Lavina Good with us this morning. It is uh, 10.31, time for a, a short news break uh, with Araha, and when we come back, it's the NRL, and we'll turn the tigress loose. Lavina Good with her thoughts on what it's going to be like this weekend. The panel. Aidan McLaughlin with us out of uh, Hawke's Bay. Uh, Lavina Good out of the Bay, because they won the rugby last year. Uh, Lavina, here's the thing. It starts tonight. What we've all been waiting for, what we've all been hearing about, comes to fruition on the back of a great game last night. What did you make of that, first of all? A golden point game. Yeah, I stayed up late to watch that because I'm a bit of an Eels fan, mate, and I'm exhausted today because I had to get up early this morning, but I couldn't go to bed because you just love to beat the Melbourne Storm at any stage of the competition, let alone round one, especially when the media are telling you that Craig Bellamy, the coach of the Melbourne Storm, hasn't lost a round one match for the last 20 years, and you're like, it's not going to happen, and it did bloody happen. Cameron Munster came off with a... A, uh, a finger bone that went through his finger and lacerated his hand and they bandaged him up and sent him back out and in, and in the end it was a, a golden point victory to kickstart the first round of the NRL in 2023 so it's exciting stuff, more to come I'm really happy the Warriors are playing tonight in Wellington for a start, I love watching rugby league 
um, live in, in Wellington because you can go out for dinner and then you can just walk out and go to the stadium and then have a great night, unlike when you're at uh, Mount Smart when you have to not go out for dinner and try and get there 40 minutes from the city. And the last time they played there was back in 2019. But Smitty and Aiden, it's been 23 years since the Warriors have been allocated a Friday night game in the NRL because in the end, TV talks, TV makes all the money. And they've decided that uh, the Warriors don't deserve that. Well, they do deserve it. There'll be 50,000 fans that could possibly turn out. And it could be an opportunity for the Warriors, who I guess have a lineup. When you look at their lineup, I don't see them in a top four. I really don't. But, you know, they've got some new players, which we're all excited about, including uh, Dylan Walker and Mitch Barnett will play. Nickel Klockstad is coming from the Raiders to don that number one jersey and a brand new coach. So definitely reason to get excited for the Warriors fans. Um, I don't think the Knights will be that easy. They've always got some form early in the season. It seems to fizzle out later in the season, but it's just so good that the Warriors are at home. They're getting the respect from the NRL and the Australian media as well. And the expectation is hopefully to develop a, a culture where they can win a premiership in the next few years. I don't think this will be the year for the premiership, but it sure will be very, very good rugby league watching throughout the year. And it all starts tonight. I can hardly wait. I can hardly wait too from a Warriors point of view. But uh, Aiden. Are you convinced that they can uh, turn it around? There's been some great noises coming out, uh, some great vibe, um, a lot of faith. Uh, I won't quite. I, I said this morning, and uh, and Webby, we trust. I'm not quite sure we can do that just yet. But what are you sensing? Oh, we always try and be positive at the start of the season, don't we, Smithy? When it comes to the Warriors, um, but I think we, we've got as good a reason this season as any. To be fair, um, I think. I think. This fixture is a good a good starting fixture for them. To be fair, um, you know they were pretty. They had I think identical records potentially in the in the, in the regular season last year. Both have obviously uh, had some comings and goings in their squad since then. But I do think it's a good matchup. I think uh, being at home is important, uh, albeit it's not at Mount Smart. I think you know they'll get a decent turnout at Wellington and hopefully a good walk-up crowd just to boost the numbers a bit more. Um, so yeah, I'm feeling confident about tonight. I think it has the potential to be a good, solid start for them and, and to get the first win on the board. And then we've just got to see how things develop. You know, things can change pretty quickly, both good and bad. So hopefully they can keep some form, keep people off the uh, off the the injury list. Um, and and just build slowly, and let's just see where they end up in the next sort of, I don't know, six, eight games. Okay, right. Uh, let's uh, look at uh, something a little bit different this weekend, Lavina Good. You've got some commentary duties. Tell us about them. Yeah, I've been covering the, um, the beach volleyball pro tour that's been held around New Zealand, where the first stage was held in Nelson, and last weekend it was in Tamaki, Makoto. This week. It heads to the beautiful Bay of Plenty, which is easy for me to get to. But it's a um, a great a great tour, a great tournament. It's it's based over four consecutive weekends with the best beach volleyballs from around New Zealand, and there's also a couple of international teams from the USA and also America. But in a couple of weeks, the FIVB have decided to send their futures international tournament to New Zealand for the very first time. So 16 of the best beach volleyball teams from around the globe will converge on Mount Monganui for a, a spectacular event that would be televised all over the world. Just not too sure if it'll be televised in New Zealand because poor old Volleyball New Zealand don't always, despite the fact that they're the fourth most popular sport in secondary schools, they don't always get the coin and the cash that they need. 
and deserve. They're hardworking and it would be great to see an international event that's, you know, heading this way in a couple of weeks' time, which will get the attention globally to hopefully be on the TV boxes at some stage. But I guess that's a work in progress. First up, it's the uh, the New Zealand domestic tour, which will take place this weekend. And the best of the best will be there. So it's going to be a lovely weekend in the Bay of Plenty, Smitty, because as you know, mate, it never, ever rains at the Mount, ever. No, it doesn't. I, 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 no, no, of course it doesn't. I mean, that's why, for some reason, you get every second cricket, every second bloody cricket test up there. I, know, I haven't got, got my head around that yet. Um, <laughs> right, there's some scheming going on up there. I just want to take you back to a point you made, Aidan, about rewarding a side that does well, right? Um, so New Zealand cricket team have decided, or the selectors have decided, we'll just keep the same 13. Uh, we're going to go to um, uh, Hagley, and we're going to play um, on a pitch that we probably will uh, want to be green against uh, Sri Lanka, going to take the same side in. If you're going to reward good performance, Aiden, where's Ajaz Patel? Ten wickets in an innings, not seen since. Yeah, I, I, that, that's a really difficult one because he seems to have... I mean, when he came back from that amazing performance in India, whatever it was, sort of 15 months ago, give or take, and then they dropped him for the next home test. Uh, people expected it because of the way that New Zealand approached their home tests. I.e., they, they're very seam heavy. Um, they don't see a lot of uh, a lot of potential for a spinner to do much, uh, especially a spinner. Um, but the problem I think for Ajaz is that he's done not he's not really done anything wrong. But then when they went overseas towards the end of last year, he suddenly fell out of favour, didn't he? You know, it, it showed he started playing well. Bracewell played reasonably well. And then suddenly he's completely dropped out of the reckoning. For me, um, I think if you look at Jack Leach's performance at the Basin, um, you know, he had pretty handy match figures there. He took some wickets. Um, and I, I do think that we just miss a trick when it comes to our home tests in terms of actually giving it a specialist spinner a go. Um, my concern for, um, for, for Ajaz is that he just slipped down the order. So now not only is Bracewell ahead of him, but Sodi is as well. And to me... Uh, look, I would have, you know, I, I, I'd be similar to you, I think. I would have had Ajaz Patel in that team, uh, test in, test out, home and away, because I think you need a specialist spinner. Um, but it just doesn't seem to be, that it's ever going to really work out for the guy. It doesn't, and I'll tell you, I'll make another sweeping statement here. If Ajaz Patel was a, a much, much better batsman, he would have played a lot more tests, because the New Zealand cricket selectors ensure themselves against failure with the bat, by picking bowl people around about the seven spot whose strong bow is batting, not bowling. And Michael Bracewell is an exact, uh, example of just that. Uh, so much batting insurance going into that test match um, with uh, Mitchell batting at, uh, what, at six. And Blunder, as good as he's been, um, batting at seven. So, uh, I, you know, to me, uh, that was unnecessary. But however... Uh, right, um, there's also uh, the prospect, uh, Levina, it seems, for the All-Whites to come out of hibernation and play Sweden in June in the international friendlies window. Um, oh, really, think, that's interesting. That's awesome. I'm, I'm yeah. excited about it. I they haven't played a, a European team in Europe since, I don't know, about four or five years ago. I think they played Lithuania it was a, a while ago. And the experience will be great. They're ranked 105 in the world, and Sweden are 23, I think. So that's definitely reason to get excited. I think it'll be great practice for them before September comes around and they have to battle it out and try and win a, a position to head over 
uh, to the Olympics in Paris. Um, so as much experience as they can get overseas um, would benefit them greatly. And I'd be keen if they could pick up a few more, like maybe Austria or, I mean, no chance of Portugal in the top 10, but the Austrians are ranked somewhere 40th in the world. So that would be a good opportunity for them. It'd be really cool if they named a coach. <laughs> I think that would be mm. good. Uh, that, that, that's imperative, I think, for the next stage. So while pouring all this money into heading over to Europe and getting in a great place and experience, we need someone at the helm. And it doesn't look like that's too imminent at the moment, does it? No, it doesn't. Lavina, you have a terrific weekend watching, calling, supporting, drinking, whatever you do. Um, and also to you, uh, Aidan McLaughlin. Aidan McLaughlin, you, you have a terrific weekend as well. There's plenty to talk about next week uh, when we reconvene at some stage. Thanks so much. Have a terrific time.